brother. Welcome back to another episode of Consciousness and Leadership, the podcast for truth-seeking souls. Today, we are chatting about masculine-feminine polarity in your relationships. We're talking about masculine magnetism. And of course, with all of these energies flowing right now, we're going to dive into the great shift in consciousness. I'm super excited to be bringing on a soul brother to this podcast. He's actually in Costa Rica in um, physical proximity to where I am in Nicaragua right here. So we're feeling the energy. We are vibing. And I'm really excited to introduce you to a fellow conscious leader, Michelangelo. Welcome to the podcast, brother. Yes, Spence. Thank you for having me, man. I really love uh, what you're doing here, the work, and just like every cell in my body got super excited uh, as you were talking about some of the things that we're going to dive into, man. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to have you on here. So can you just give us the two minutes, like who you are, what your mission is, and what you're bringing forth with your energy in this world? Oh, yeah, man. Hell yeah. Let's go there. So uh, my name is Michelangelo. I am primarily, you know, the way I label myself is an embodiment coach. And to really just land the plane for everyone, um, uh, the experiences I went through in my life, uh, I went through a really deep, dark night of the soul that lasted about five or six years, um, you know, with suicidal depression, went to different psych wards, all these different experiences that led me ultimately to a deeper place within my own heart and just like a deeper embodiment and expression of what I perceive to be my soul's mission. Um, and currently that is manifesting as really helping people to metabolize the energy in the emotional body and integrate the shadow frequencies that are like literally embedded in our cellular biology. So uh, really deep diving into like the uh, using the body as a uh, alchemical vessel to like transmute and transform um, energies. And, uh, you know, I really, I work with men and women and it's really like a blend of masculine and feminine embodiment, but currently um, I am focusing on working with men. That is where I'm being guided. So that's just like a super brief, like little intro to the work that I do. Boom. I absolutely love that brother. And there's lots, lots of gold in there and how we roll in this podcast is we just, we just go right, right to the heart of the matter. I know we're going to pop your links up in the description. So if you're out there, brother listening and you want to follow along and get to know the full backstory and the Instagram and all that. You can find that for Michelangelo, no problem, but let's get right into it here. So let's talk about the shadow frequencies in, you know, our cells and in our, in our biology. Can you just expand a little bit more on this? Because I know with all of this energy coming in, the great conjunction, the shifts, people are starting to feel their bodies changing and there's a lot of clearing going on not only globally, but on the individual le level of these men who are listening. So can you just expand on the shadow frequencies in the cell in the cells? Yeah, yeah, man, this is a huge transmission, but I'll do my best to really ground it down and keep it practical. Um, so I perceive the, the great conjunction to be just like an external marker for the internal evolution in our consciousness that's taking place because we have evolved as, as, a, as a species, humanity has evolved so much externally. You know, we've went so far technologically and with our culture and just made a, a lot of advancements while it's far from perfect, you know, far from perfect. Um, we have progressed a lot externally. However, our internal um, evolution, our in, internal system of evaluation and our internal consciousness has kind of been put on the back burner for the last 2000 years. And we're really, Spence, operating with the same nervous system and same perceptual lenses that we have had for freaking thousands of years. So it is really, I perceive this time, uh, it has been prophesized as a time where we're really getting to reevaluate and reintegrate those aspects, the internal aspects of ourselves, so we could evolve to like a new way of being and uh, to, to, to drop us into the shadow frequencies and that, how that plays into um, this whole kind of context that I'm setting up here is that we, um, 
there's only one life as as humanity there's only one life we evolve from our ancestors and we we just get the baton gets passed to us every generation and so we're carrying um all of the traumas all of the trials and tribulations um all of the uh, ways of being from our lineage from our mm -hmm. from our past you know just to keep it super uh practical again like however your parents raised you those are the emotional tools that that you have growing up with and um what i have found in my own experience is that uh, a lot of those tools are insufficient to deal with um the full spectrum of the human experience so shadow frequencies are essentially uh you know more dense emotions that have been given uh, a quote bad rap uh in our culture you know like quote negative emotions like anger sadness depression frustration hatred judgment uh chaos anxiety all of these things um i would put under the umbrella of shadow frequencies and we so we carry a lot of fear and trauma in our body and this isn't to um scare anyone it's just to look at the situation for what it is because when we have this awareness spence in my experience is when we can actually step into empowerment and take full ownership of our creatorship because when we can learn how to metabolize and process um some of these more dense emotions in our in our body uh it opens us up to immense freedom immense joy immense love and a greater knowing and understanding of why we incarnated here so does that make sense to you so far just just to check in yep absolutely i'm i'm totally on that wavelength it's it's um a knowing that i you know i have in my own practice and my own experience as well and it's one of the things that when you know, I work with clients or men or men's circles or whatever, is I, I always say that this is such an opportunity, you know, you and I have reincarnated here as masculine leaders to truly be that, that pattern interrupt where we are literally changing the DNA of the masculine mm -hmm. and what we're carrying on here. I know in my own personal journey with, you know, past life experiences and going into um, the past and the ancestors of this is like, I carry a lot of that war programming, a, a lot of, you know, the misery programming, a lot of um, the slavery programming, all of these things that our ancestors experienced and then stored in their genetic code, which then got passed down through the lineages through procreation. So it, it it's such an opportunity right now to clear that. Because this is this is where we have this opportunity to set the stage for you know, what I refer to as the new earth, the new society, where these types of programs can be looked at, integrated, and ultimately dissolved so that the future generations don't have to go through quite the same level. Of course, they'll go through their own process as well. But I truly believe that it's really time on this planet to do away with some of those deep, deep misery programs that are stored within ourselves. Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah, man, I agree 100%. And I think that a, a great distinction, at least a distinction that has really, really seriously helped me uh, on my path, and it's just a, a foundational pillar to the work that I personally do, is uh, this, this defining of what clearing means. And I'll share what it means for me because I think um, in, in a lot of like the different pockets in the spiritual community, there's almost like this underlying energetic of, of shame of like, oh, we have to clear these things because they're bad and wrong. And mm -hmm. this is like a part of ourself that is defective and, and not good. Um, and so I just want to like make that distinction that what I'm hearing you say, and just in my own personal experience, clearing is really just integrating just like i look at these things at, at these as these emotions these traumas these wounds these shadows as really just like a hurt little child like it is just we are all wounded little children man like we really are if we want to just bring it back to this life like we all have trauma from our childhood that 
that we get to transform and transmute for, for the future generations and for ourselves. And so it, in my experience, that the number one prerequisite for that is acceptance, patience, and validation. So for me, when I have some of these things come up, the fuck, the freaking first thing I do is like, oh my God, like, okay, this is okay. Like, this is a part of myself. It's okay that I'm in this energy. It's not a sign that something's wrong with me. It's not a sign that uh, I'm bad or defective. It's like, this is just showing up. And how can I love this? How can I just hold a loving space for this? You know, like I would, like literally if a hurt little child came to me. And I found that that really, um, that, that level of acceptance and love is like the um, the alchemical power that actually allows us to receive the gift because all of the shadows have a gift within them, all of them. And they all have huge lessons to teach us and can help us actually cultivate certain parts of our soul, our higher self that is, that is trying to come through in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. I love that. So, yeah, this is a great, this is a great little formula per se. And I know the men out there just, they love the tactical practical. So you know, we have, ex- <laughs> we have, we have, we have acceptance here, you know, that masculine energy. It's like, okay, great. Like, how do I actually apply this theory that we're talking about? So something's mm. come, like something's come up, like, let's say, you know, some type of woundings come up. Um, they've identified it that that is there. It's in their field. They've gone through this process of accepting it. So tell us, like, what what would the patience look like um, with with this wounding that has arisen? Yeah, so the patience comes in, man, in, in the sense that this is a lifelong practice. Like, we're talking about in, your, in my lifetime, in your lifetime, however, I'm 25. So we're talking about 25 years of programming, um, plus years of, of humanity being in this type of consciousness. So... Um, patience is just understanding that, okay, this is going to be a continual, like the heart opens and then it closes. We do the inner work. Then we get triggered and it's just a continuous cycle and just realize um, is, is really, uh, a a really helpful perspective. And I I had a three-step meditation process that I teach to everyone I work with. And this is um, just to give people like something practical that they can use. Um, So this process is to process the emotions with presence, breath, and somatic experiencing. So let me break that down for you. As the masculine, as you know, like we hold the energetic of presence. We're the container for the for our own emotions that's this is the evolution that's occurring on the planet this is in traditional alchemy traditional spiritual alchemy is about uh merging and unifying the masculine and feminine aspects of our own consciousness which opens the door to to the divine self so we're doing in this three-step meditation process it's a way to do that so first we hold the space for the feminine emotions to come up. So if you get triggered or if you just, perfect example, bro, I woke up this morning just feeling like crap. I just didn't feel good. So I went right into this process. What it looked like is I sat down, closed my eyes, got into a meditative state and just started breathing into my body. And it's almost just like a, a um, an emotional Vipassana meditation. So where are you feeling the emotion in your body? Usually for me, it's, it's like deep in the belly and it's uncomfortable to really feel it and not think about it, Spence, but to feel it, to, to sense and feel it in your body and breathe into that and give it your full presence without attaching a story or a value judgment on the experience itself. Um, so when we can do that, we give it the space to be fully felt. So I will breathe into it and actually amplify the sensations. And usually what will happen is I might start uh, you know, convulsing or shaking or some noise might come out and you can actually feel uh, the energy. It's like an electrical discharge in the system. So once we can really do that, uh, we can drop into the second phase of the meditation, 
which is this space of timelessness. It's the core of our being. It's that, that part of ourself that is infinite and immortal and is perfect, whole and complete. It, it is the, uh, the soul, right? And just being, being able to really drop into that place and, and just enter into that, uh, that void, if you will. And so once we, uh, you know, go through those first two phases, the final phase of the meditation process that I use is to tune into the frequency of your divine expression, tune into the frequency of your mission, which for me, it's a feeling state, like purpose and mission, in, in my opinion, is, is a state of being, it's a feeling. And so I tune into that and then, you know, receive just the guidance and the information and uh, do my best to carry that frequency into my day so that I can live from that place in the present moment. And that is the three-step meditation process that I use. Awesome. Yeah, I absolutely love that. Now, before we jump into to the validation piece next, something that frequently comes up, and I'd love to hear your take on it because I get, I get lots of talking about this because I, I often talk about entering that space of timelessness you know you talk about it being the infinite in the soul i like to call it as the void that place where you're you know you're beyond you're beyond the eye and you you're really into the state of unity consciousness and interconnectedness like how has your experience been with you know i, I don't want to say achieving but men might resonate with that word like achieving that state because i know a lot of men who are in their second stage getting more into spirituality can often struggle and it's a common question so i'd love to know from you like how how have you found your journey to to discovering and, and entering this space of timelessness mm, dude beautiful beautiful question especially um as a man as a masculine energetic embodiment of that polarity um, as you know, like we seek to be in that space. We seek to rest in the consciousness that we innately are. And for me, I have found just in my own uh, trial and error and in just coaching with and working with many, many people, um, the more that we can process the energy that's in our emotional body and feel the trauma that's actually stored in our biology and feel it. And because what happens is uh, when we have traumatic things happen to us, which trauma is, we all have trauma. It's just a part of the human experience. It could be something as simple as being yelled at when you were a child or being in a very argumentative household or something like that, or having your parents use substances. Those are all forms of trauma that many people experience, self-included. And so those things get stored in our body because as children, our nervous system actually can't handle it. Like it literally doesn't have the emotional capacity to channel that uh, energy. So for me, a lot of the work I do is, is repatterning the nervous system to be able to hold that energy and, and to metabolize it. Because um, when it's stored, it's, there is this subconscious, it's literally outside of the awareness. So you, you, we don't even, we're not aware of it, that our body is holding all of this shit. Oh, and, um, so many people just try and get right into the timelessness state and they have a, a, a really difficult time dropping in because their body's so charged up. And it's like trying to, uh, you know, drinking like an energy drink and then trying to like drop into a meditative space. It's just really hard. And um, so I use uh, breath work, some really powerful breath work techniques to feel uh, to like bring up the uh, emotional energy and to allow it to be processed so it can actually be uh, discharged and you'll feel it. It's like a, ooh, it's like a feeling of relief when you can go there, but it's scary to feel. The reason why it's repressed is because the psyche is scared to feel it. So it's not what I'm doing. Um, what I'm describing isn't an easy process. And that's why, you know, I work with people because uh, having support could be very helpful. A lot of this stuff is super scary to the mind. So um, when we can go into those emotions, process them a little bit, whether we use breath work or some sort of other technique um, like somatic experiencing, which I could talk more about. Um, for me, when I use those two things, like that's what I did this morning and, and the mind body will naturally drop into 
a state of timelessness. It'll naturally drop, the mind will naturally calm down because it doesn't have all of this uh, agitated emotional energy kind of stirring around in the space. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I'm tracking that fully. I love that. Yeah, so that has been my path for dropping into that space and um, really going out uh, a technique I like to use once I do that type of work is to, when I'm closing my eyes, to feel the space around me and to continue to just expand my consciousness, my awareness out into space. Because when we can feel, um, this is an ancient uh, Buddhist meditation practice, but it's also called open focus, open focus meditation. And it has been scientifically shown to naturally calm down the brain waves and put us into that alpha theta state. And we could eventually just expand into that, the void, as you were calling it. Um, and that has been my experience of working with these sort of timeless, eternal meditation state. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. If you're open to it, like we love to do like live on the air here, um, techniques and practices like would you be open to taking the brother who's listening to this right now on a bit of a journey on this podcast to, to get them started on this process yeah man um we could def it's definitely easier with uh video because some of the breath work is um uh you know a little bit involved but i could do uh, a simple technique um we could do maybe just like a short experience okay so what I'd love to do for you is um, I could take you through a short breathwork process that I could guide people through, um, through just the audio. And you'll be able to automatically tap into uh, this sort of timeless void state. Um, so we could do that if, if you want to jump into it. Yeah, that sounds perfect. And we'll make sure to toss up um, your links and all that stuff. So whoever's listening, if you want to go deeper and follow some of your stuff on video, they can... Um, find your website and all that good stuff. Awesome. Yeah, I have some videos of this technique. Um, but essentially, what we're going to do is we're going to do 10 deep breaths in and out through the mouth. And you want you want to make sure you're breathing in and out through the mouth. Um, because two reasons. One, you can take in more oxygen. And two, you are whenever we have an emotional response, uh, we automatically start breathing in and out through our mouth. If you, if you notice next time you're in panic or fear or anger, you're going to start breathing in and out through your mouth. So we're subconsciously cueing the body uh, that it's safe to go there if need be. Um, and then what we're going to do is, uh, let me see if I could explain this without video. So after the 10 deep breaths in and out through the mouth, we're going to do five final breaths and a special hold that will uh, really drop you in. So it's a total of 15 breaths. I'll guide you through the whole thing. But for the final five breaths, what you wanna do is, you, so you wanna do this seated. You wanna be sitting down, sitting straight up, okay? Do not do this standing. Do not do this standing. It's really powerful. So for the final five breaths, I'll guide you. And I'm gonna say inhale. And every time you inhale, I want you to expand and open your chest and arch your back. Like uh, if you're familiar with yoga, it's like doing a cow. So it's like we're doing a seated cat cow. And when you exhale, I want you to fold, okay? Fold and collapse the body and go into the cat pose, okay? So on the inhale, expand, open up the chest. And on the exhale, you want to close and fold. And you're gonna do that for five breaths. And on the final fifth breath, you take a huge inhale, open that chest, hold at the top, and you're gonna push your belly out like a Buddha belly and hold your belly out. So I know that was a lot, but um, it's, it's actually really simple. I'll guide you through the whole thing. So one more time, we're just doing 10 normal, normal deep breaths, 10 deep breaths uh, in and out through the mouth. And then once we get to the 10, 10th breath, we'll do five more of the uh, seated cat cow. It's called the warrior breath. So on the inhale, you open and expand your chest, arch the back. On the exhale, you fold. And then on the fifth breath, we will hold at the top and do this little uh, lock. And I will talk you through the whole thing. Does that sound good? 
Yep, I got it. I, lo- I love the description of the the seated cat cow. That yeah, it definitely lands. <laughs> yeah, as you can see, it's definitely easier to do on video, but we could for sure go there. Um, so if you are listening, just make sure you're in a comfortable position. Uh, Spence, if you're going to drop in, uh, you can experience. Oh, I'm, dro- I'm dropping in. Awesome. I'm dropping in. Fuck yeah, man. Let's do it. Okay. So I'm going to guide you through the whole thing. When you're breathing, make sure you are pulling. Uh, for the first 10 breaths, you want to breathe into your belly. Really bring the breath down into the belly and feel those sensations. Allow yourself to feel that stuff, okay? So on three, we'll start. On three, we'll take a big inhale through the mouth, okay? Just grounding into our body a little bit, feeling our feet on the ground, feeling our hands on our lap. Tuning into our body, just bringing the attention inwards, closing the eyes. And on three, we'll take a big, big, big inhale, as much air as you can take in through the mouth. And then we'll exhale. One, two, three, inhale through the mouth. And letting go. One, inhale through the mouth. Letting go. Two, inhale, letting go, inhale, letting go, four, inhale, five, letting go, speeding it up a little bit, inhale, release, inhale, release, seven, Inhale, release, eight, inhale, release, nine, one more big inhale through the mouth, do a full exhale, and on the next end, on the next inhale, you want to open up, open that chest and bend, letting go and fold, cat, one, inhale, expand, Exhale, fold, two. Inhale, expand. Exhale, fold, three. Inhale, expand. Exhale, fold, four. Inhale, expand all the way and hold that breath. Hold that breath. Swallow your saliva and push your belly out and hold the belly out like a big Buddha belly and hold. Hold. Connect to your higher self. Tune in. Hold and release. Just drop into that space. Feel the energy inside of your body and also around your physical proximity, feel the space around you in the room that you're in. Realize that this space is filled with infinite energy, consciousness. And just feel this ocean of consciousness embracing you, guiding you and loving you. When you're ready, just start to feel your feet again on the ground, hands on the lap, and gently opening the eyes and coming back to this space. So how was that experience for you, brother? Yeah, that was that was good. I got or received like quite a quite a rush of energy. It remind me reminded me similar to you know some of the stuff Wim Hof talks about, um, like a really like a full, a really full body charge. But what really landed for me was when um, you talked about like the ocean of consciousness as we were just sitting there, and I I could literally like feel. Mm 
you know, I could feel the space in my body where it wasn't quite matter. And it almost felt like with my eyes closed that like my skin and my bones were kind of like wavering. Like you would see if you were driving in a desert coming over a hill and you see, you know, those wavy lines that kind of the mirage effect. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what I felt in my body. So it's super powerful. Yeah. Yeah, man, <laughs> bro. I'm so happy you brought that up because that is exactly one of the things I'd use this technique for. So this is actually an ancient Tibetan practice called Tumo breath, T-U-M-M-O. Yeah. And um, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, so it is definitely similar to Wim Hof, um, but uh, I love it because you can actually feel the energy and the consciousness in the, the space around you, like you're saying, man. And um, you can actually learn how to tune into that frequency and um, really like just drop into a deeper awareness of like this beautiful magical uh existence that that we're always swimming in so it's really helpful to just connect to the soul connect to the heart and simultaneously um you're what in my experience what you're feeling with like the rush and the energy release is actually that's like stuck stagnant um emotional energy and trauma that's stored in the body that's being released and so the, the natural byproduct of that is the feeling of connection and relaxation um, that you were describing afterwards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love, I love that. Um, I, I know just from my own practice um, with, with, with Tumo that I used to do that when I would go jump in like glacier lakes up in Canada there mm. and then run a similar type of type of process. And I know some of those um, Tibetan monks up in, up in, um, the Himalayas like, can actually get to the point with their consciousness and their state with these types of breaths where, you know, when they're getting initiated to the next level of whatever within, within their, their society, they would put them out in the middle of winter and, you know, their, their master or guru or leader would come over and they would literally lay soaking wet sheets mm -hmm. in the dead middle of winter on the monks and they would, literally dry the sheets in the middle of winter with this type of breath work. So yep. for, for all of you brothers out there, this was literally a, you know, this was a one minute process and, you know, think of what just got cleared, what came up for you um, and what the possibility and potential could be to you know, do, like you said, like, like Michael started his day with this and you, know, you do this for 20, 30 minutes. Like you can, you can clear a lot, a lot, a lot. Now, one of the things I want to talk to you about this is, so this like clearly if I, you know, you're getting this level of effect off of, you know, one, two minute process, like what happens, Michael, when you do this for 20, you know, 10, 20 minutes and these men start going deeper um, and things start coming up and getting released? Like what is, what's the next, what's the next process if something comes up that's like a pretty big shadow frequency being released and you, they might not be able to go into the next step where you said, you know, you got up, you were feeling this beautiful frequency, you're on purpose with your mission and you started rocking your day. What happens if, what happens if you haven't quite transmuted some of this, this shadow cell stickiness that comes up? Like what's the next step? So that way your whole day or week doesn't get derailed. Yeah, man. Beautiful, beautiful awareness. And this is why um, I only teach this technique to like the full technique, because like you said, that was just a minute process that anyone can use. It's, mm -hmm. it's not going to take you super, super deep. So it's something that you can use just to kind of spark up the energy, move, move, some, move some shit and get into a good space. Um, but if you're really looking to take this deeper, I mean, I've taken people on 90 minute breathwork journeys. Um, so I would only recommend that in a facilitated space because you don't know what's mm -hmm. going to come up. Mm -hmm. And... Um, the good yeah. thing is with breath work, why I love it so much is you're always in control, always. So um, if it's too much, you can simply slow down the breath, come back to a relaxed state of being and the energy will dissipate. Because what we're doing is we're, we're just charging yeah. our system with, with tons of uh, energy so that literally like the trauma gets shaken out of the cells and it can be a lot. So if you can, if you have a space where you have someone in your life to support you through a process, um, breathing through it and seeing it the whole way through is, is always the uh, best course of action. But um, there are 
this is uh, we want to bring in the feminine, the feminine polarity here. We want to be super, super gentle, super nurturing, super careful, super mindful. And um, if something does come up, uh, I would suggest, and, and it's too much, I would suggest to stop, stop, slow down the breath, come back to a normal breath. Uh, and when you're ready, stand up and ground yourself. So to use a bioenergetic technique um, where you just stand straight up uh, on your feet, you bend your knees a bit, bend your knees a, a few inches, and you bend over and put your hands on the ground in front of your feet. So your hands and your feet are on the ground and you're bent over and you just stay there for a few minutes and stretch your legs and just do slow, deep breaths. And um, it'll really just ground the energy and bring you back into your body. Um, and then from that space, just being able to process uh, with another person um, who is like a safe emotional space. Uh, that's your best bet, man. Um, but uh, this is all like learning how to regulate, how to self-regulate the nervous system. So if things are too much, I would use a different uh, technique that just calms the nervous system. And it could look like just doing uh, four, a four count on the inhale and a four count on the exhale and really just slowing down. That can be super helpful too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love this. So many different directions to go. This is this is an absolutely potent conversation. So I want to link back to the acceptance, the patience, and the validation um, we're talking about with you know that that inner child. Let's say you know something's come up through this process. They've realized like there's some residue getting getting cleared off. We've talked about the acceptance. We've talked into the patience. Like tell us a little bit more about that third step that that validation of this 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 process yeah this is the most fucking important step and um <laughs> yeah just just as a, a disclaimer i curse a lot in in my coaching i curse a lot and the work i do it's just like part of my expression um but <laughs> like for me man, awesome. inner, <laughs> yeah I, I don't know if you resonate uh, with that but for me it's just like it's powerful i like i love curse yes yeah. i like throwing that in there to totally. It, it's really funny that you said that. Um, I can tell we're on like a, a telep. I, I really do believe with this, this shifts coming in that um, like te telepathy is going to move like past just intuition and knowing. And mm -hmm. literally as just as you cursed, I had this thought, this, this glimmer in my mind that was like, oh yeah, I never, I did, I did specify at the start. I'm like, he's he's good. He's gonna, he's gonna just say something further about cursing and we're going to pivot. And then Sure enough, it happened like two <laughs> seconds later. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love it, man. I, I'm truly a believer. In, yeah, I, I tell the men out there, like, never dim down your expression, your your throat, throat chakra, and how you communicate, because all it's going to do is take away from your potency as a masculine leader. Mm, oh my God. Okay, bro. Kid, we got to come back full circle to that because there is so much gold in what you just dropped there, and I'd love to unwrap it with you. And just to put, yep. to put a bookmark there, um, it's around yep. being okay with being the perceived villain and how that's a part of leadership. So I'd love to come back to that. Um, cool. But, I'm writing down perceived vill villain on my notepad here. Awesome. Because that's super foundational to just my life and the work I do. So we'll come back. But this piece, awesome. this piece around validation is also so fucking huge, bro, because one of the biggest uh, focuses of my work is actually inner child healing and inner child integration and embodiment. Um, and it's something I resisted for so many years and there's so much um, fluff out there uh, on like healing the inner child. It's so much more than just like, um, you know, doing an inner child meditation or some shit like that. That's a part of it. But um, it, this is really, really deep stuff and, and changing the context in every single, it will change the context in every single one of your relationships in the best way. So validation is uh, the final piece to the puzzle to allow that shift to happen. Um, and the reason for that is because so many of us, I would say nine out of 10 families, um, if I don't want to say all, but m almost every single family on planet earth is dysfunctional to some degree, 
to some degree, it doesn't, it, I'm not saying it's a bad thing that parents are bad or that family is bad. Nothing like that at all. It's just, again, um, we're living in a time where the way that we relate, the way that we emote, the way that we exp uh, express and connect um, is evolving. And the old ways of doing those things uh, are no longer sufficient and they're harmful. So um, the reason I'm bringing this up is because so many people, including myself, have the experience of whenever they expressed emotion as a child, in some way, shape or form, they were invalidated. Their feelings were questioned. Um, their experience was uh, minimized or normalized and their uh, emotional response uh, was made to feel as if it was wrong. And this happens very, very subtly and indirectly. And I'm not gonna go into like specific, specific examples, but we have all experienced this to some degree. And so uh, there is this part of the psyche that is uh, a wounded inner child. And it is, um, if it's not integrated, it will run the show unconsciously and will um, manifest itself in, uh, let's just say difficult situations. <laughs> so, um, Validation, if you can learn to give yourself validation um, for your emotions in the moment, you're, get, you're starting to reprogram yourself because what we have learned, we have been conditioned as a, in our culture, especially industrialized, westernized, capitalist uh, culture, uh, we have unconsciously learned to shame our own emotional experience to somehow uh, abandon ourselves in a way. Because as children, we learned, okay, um, I, I, I don't express this part of myself because it's not accepted. So that's like the boys don't cry. That's like the girls are always good and look good and act nice and are pretty. And it's like all of these old programs, um, those are just some of like the more common ones. Um, and these are the ways in which we actually begin to start abandoning our own emotional experience and um, and just not showing up for ourselves because we, we never had the external mirror um, in our lives. Most people have not had the uh, emotional environment that could properly mirror for them what healthy um, functional uh, relating looks like. So what I, the work I do with people, part of it is meditation. So part of it is, um, like in that three-step meditation process I was describing before, when you have an emotion or a difficult sensation come up, if you're triggered in a relationship, right? If your uh, girlfriend or partner uh, says something to you that, that just pokes at you, that digs at you, um, like to be able to give yourself the space to go into that and to walk away and, and literally like I'll, I will walk away, I'll sit down, I'll drop into a meditation and I'll feel into that emotion, whether it's hurt or anger or judgment, whatever it is, and really feel into it in my body, allow it to get really big. And usually when we're feeling an emotion, it's only the tip of the iceberg. So to really slow down, really slow down, deepen the breath and feel into that emotion and, and then trace it back to a root memory from childhood. So um, recently, you know, I was, uh, experiencing some shame and embarrassment. And I traced the memory back to uh, when I used to play hockey when I was like four or five and I was a goalie and Spence, I fucking- Nice, nice. Dude, dude I sucked so hard. Um, my team hated me. Literally like all the parents hated me. <laughs> I was horrible, bro. Stop the <laughs> fucking puck, Michael. God damn it. <laughs> oh man. Um, so yeah, man. Um, it was uh, really, um, there was a part of myself that got stuck in that moment because when we don't have the emotional capacity mm. to process these things, part of our psyche actually stops developing and we get stuck in that moment. So that memory came back up to be integrated. And all I did, bro, all it is is simple. Like just imagining that little boy in that experience and completely being there for him without trying to fix him or change him without trying to change the emotion because the masculine always wants to fix. The masculine is very solution-based and wants to get to the result. 
And so uh, this will help men in their own experience and it will really help them if they're in a relationship to just be able to hold space for the emotion um, and to validate it first. We can go into, to quote, fixing it later, but without validation, it, what you're doing is you're unconsciously telling that part of yourself that something is wrong with it and we need to therefore validation is it's just an awareness it's just a presence it's just a moment of breath and being able to say okay i see where this is coming from i under here's the key i it makes sense to me why this part of myself would feel that way it makes sense little michael that you feel really embarrassed and ashamed right now and I totally understand where you're coming from. And I just want you to know that I, I hear you. I hear you and I see you and I am right here with you. Like, do you feel the power in that? When you can really get truly, truly give that to yourself, it will supply you with such a power, with such a confidence that it'll ripple out into every single conversation and relationship that you have in your life and it's the doorway to true healing it's the doorway to true integration and true change so that's my take on uh on validation mm, yeah i love that i love that it's a beautiful process so just to summarize so the brother listen has it there's the acceptance there's patience and then there is validation mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. awesome yes. i love that so I feel yeah. complete on that. I'm sure the brother does. There's a beautiful breathwork process in there that they can, they can dive into again. Let's, let's go back to that bookend, Mark, that we talked about of this concept of the perceived villain. So share with us a little bit about what this is and you know, how it's relevant to this conversation. Oh, my God, man. Yeah, I, this is some of my favorite stuff to talk about because uh, it has completely, completely shifted my own experience and many of the people I work with. So this last piece that I'm bringing in for, for all of you, for all the brothers out there listening, is embodiment. This is what embodiment is. This is taking um, the integration off of the mat, you know, out of the, in, the cave of the inner work and really applying it to how we show up in the world in real time. So this is the piece where we actually align our external context and environment with our newly integrated internal values and perspective and consciousness. So what happens is once we do this work, if you really do this work, if you really do this inner child healing, if you really start to tap into your purpose and live it out, uh, by default, you are going to be met with upheaval, backlash, uh, perhaps ridicule, questioning at some point, at some point, if it doesn't, if it hasn't happened now, it will happen. It's just it's not a matter of it. <laughs> yep. just when it's when, um, because here's the thing. Um, when you start to do this work, you're going to start to not play in the old survival roles that you took on as a, in childhood, because all this work spends everything that we've been talking about. It's to get people to shift out of these old roles that they played um, up until this point that are now, you know, at once serve them, but are now keeping them small. Okay. So it might be like the quiet boy who doesn't speak his truth or the, the good boy who just goes along with everything or, or, you know, the, what, whatever it is for you. And um, when we can start to change that in our relationships, um, we're going to be some because we're now vibrating at a new frequency. And so all of the old things in our life that aren't a match for that new frequency are gonna start to fall away. And what that looks like and feels like uh, is chaos, okay? Because when it, in order for a system to evolve, it must go through a period of chaos to bring in like a new higher level of uh, order. So that was a little bit of a detour, but the reason why, um, so how this manifests, that's where I'll go, how this manifests, what this looks like is as you start stepping into your truth, as I started to step into my truth, there was many people in my life who didn't understand and who would put me in the role of villain. You know, my family, 
uh, friends, people in my life, when I started setting, because when you do this work to really honor the work that you do, you get to set boundaries in your life. You get to say no to things that do not serve you. You get to say, hey, I am no longer available for this. You know, when you do this thing, it makes me feel X, Y, Z, and I'm no longer available for that because it doesn't serve me. And if you start to do that in your life, some people are going to be triggered by it. So true leadership is being having the capacity to be able to hold that energy in your nervous system and not collapse, to not waver, to not give in, because you can feel like, oh, my God, am I am I being too much here? Am I going too far? Am I crazy? Am I, am I wrong? And um, it's just to, to the brothers who know what I'm talking about, because if, if you've went through this type of transformation, you know what I'm talk, talking about. Just know that you're on the right path and to keep walking, because when we can detach from, you know, when we can learn to be OK with being the perceived villain, that's when you can start to be a true leader in your life. And this is a lot of the work that I do in uh, the men's program that I'm launching in January called Men of Purpose. And it's really about getting men comfortable with saying the uncomfortable truths to people. So um, uh, to, to give you an example, a brother of mine recently, uh, we, were, we were really sharpening uh, the sword and giving each other uh, conscious but difficult feedback. And he was telling me how um, I still look like I still I still look young. So some men come to me and, uh, you know, automatically have a judgment and, and maybe don't respect me as much because I don't have that, like, uh, the, the edge, the, the appearance of having an edge. Like, I still have, like, this young look to me. And it was uh, a little bit hard to hear. But he had the capacity, like, that's true leadership because that really served me and it helped me. So being able to say those things with love being able to call people forward in your life um, and, you know, being able to do that from a place of love and from a place of uh, confidence. So being comfortable with confrontation, being comfortable with having difficult conversations, being able to lean in instead of run away. And this is the path of uh, true leadership and being okay with like, okay, this, this person might perceive me as the villain. But it's just a perception. It's a story. It's it's not the truth of who I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I think this this conversation is more relevant than ever mm-hmm. right now because you can be a perceived villain for for simply saying like, no, I, I like I don't want to go on, along with some of some of the the things that are being rolled out in you know Canada and mm-hmm. the U.S. and all of these yeah. different things that we don't need to go into specifics, but more than ever now speaking your truth especially in 2020 has um been a massive massive um upgrade i know on my own personal level and it's funny because my uh, my wife and i we got married about a year ago Mm, and we were reflecting a a few yeah thanks um a few a few a few weeks ago and we were kind of hit by this notion that about 30 percent of the people and friends who we had at our wedding like no longer talk or associate with us like probably probably like 45 plus people um just because of how we have really said like no we're not buying into a fear timeline we're not complying with um this rhetoric and we're not gonna we're not gonna stand up and just be like this this is totally okay to just keep feeding it because that was really our our truth and and how you know, we, we interpret the world and yeah, this has created both of us being perceived villains for a lot of people. And like, to the extent that I've heard people like talking about us with other people behind our backs Mm. because of this, but that is, that is the leadership. Right. And I, you know, I won't say in every single moment it's been easy because at times like it does have that, that shadow frequency and it can, it can suck to lose friends like that. But at the same time, it's been this, this real blessing of, of really like forcing me in a big radical way to come to acceptance with the role of the perceived villain. And just know that at the end of the day, like it's perceived, 
Like I know I'm not a villain, so I don't have to take on that identity. Mm, mm. Dude, thank you so much for sharing that because that has been, um, you know, I have my own version of that. And uh, I only really speak to maybe two, two of my friends from like my younger years. And it's because of that reason, you know, it's because I chose to um, live in my truth, like you and your wife. And I just want to honor you because to me, in my perspective, like you are and the people doing that are like the true uh, superheroes, if you will, and like the models of example for uh, all of humanity, because no matter what your stance is, like, I really don't give a, a shit what your stance is. Just take a fucking stance and, and, and be for it. Just, <laughs> yeah. just really claim it. Take full ownership of your life because it's going to um, push you into alignment in the best way with with your essence, with what you're here to do. And this is a surefire way to start to um, to align the energy into your life, into congruence, to be in congruence with what is trying to be birthed through you. And what we're talking about here, Spence, is it triggers uh, being the perceived villain. The reason why it's so triggering and activating is because it pokes at one of the core needs for a human being. As a human being, we have three primal core needs and they are security, control, and approval. And what stepping into leadership does is it automatically triggers the approval need. And the reason why it's so strong, again, is because it goes back to childhood. It always goes back to childhood because that's when our neural pathways are actually formed. That's when our nervous system is patterned. And what uh, as a child, we automatically associate rejection, like social rejection, as death. Because as a kid, as an infant, if your parents abandon you, if they reject you, you literally die. Like you literally cannot survive. So your body registers it as death. And this is what I'm talking about with the shadow frequencies is we get to go into that as an adult, go into that fear. And when that fear comes up, woo, to let it be as big as it wants to be and feel it. Do not run to go into the storm and stand in that feeling. Like, brother, it happens to me all the time. There are people who love me on Instagram and there are people who fucking hate me. And um, it's being <laughs> able to, to, to feel that and ah, breathe into it, move it through the nervous system and, and expand with it. And to be able to learn how to self-source, truly self-source our own approval. And this is subtle, it's nuanced, and it's a lifelong practice. Um, so yeah, this is like, we're talking, everything we covered here is, um, this is work that, this is like deep, 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 deep psychological, neurological, biological uh, transformation right here. Awesome. I, I, I love everything in that sentiment. And I know we're getting up against time here. So we, what we'd like to do here, because I know there's some areas that I'd love to explore with you, like deeper into the masculine, feminine polarity and talk about the great shift in consciousness at some point in a few months is have you back on this podcast to pick this up because this has been just totally beautiful and, and I'd love to keep going deeper. Yeah, with man, you. I would love that. And I had the, the feeling that we weren't, uh, weren't going to fully get into everything because um, I, I'm deaf. I'm a Virgo, man. So I'm super like long winded. But really, the intention here, <laughs> man, was to really uh, build the context and, and paint the backdrop for some of the things that yes. we're facing today and, and it can really set us up to dive into some of these other topics. So I would love that. Absolutely. There'll be a part two in the future. Now I just love for you to share how can the brother out there who's listening, if they want to get in your field, get more of your energy, receive some transmissions from you. What does that look like? Yeah, man. So all of my stuff, is on Instagram. I'm, I'm currently building a, a membership community, which will be out soon. But um, like I said, everything is on Instagram. So that is at it is Michael Angelo. And um, if you're vibing with this, if you resonate, um, definitely come by, check out uh, I have tons of content around all the stuff we talked about.
Awesome. We'll make sure those are in the links. And this has been just quite beautiful and flowing. And I love it when I leave these conversations where I'm all, all revved up for the rest of my day. So thank you for your brilliance and your energy um, and what you're bringing yeah, to the you world. You are so, so welcome, Spence. Thank you for what you're doing. Um, this is such a beautiful show. And to all the brothers and sisters, if there are any listening, just like know that if you're listening to this podcast, you are here for a reason. You're living for a reason and that there's a very special, specific uh, mission for you to live out. And just thank you for choosing to uh, lean into that. Awesome. Thank you, Michael. And for all of you listening, you're listening to another episode of Consciousness and Leadership. Head on over to our Telegram channel. You can search up Activate and Elevate or hit up T, as in Tom, t.me slash New Earth Masculine, and that'll bring you right to our beautiful platform where all of the, the goods are going uncensored and the community and the brotherhood is flowing. So from my heart to yours, Thank you, thank 